Yeah. Well, I don't know where Brian is, mate. Mm, good question. Where is Brian? Where is Brian? It's like uh, the new Where's Wally. You've got to find Brian. Jeez. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> I'm sure. I'm sure he'll appreciate that. I'm sure no. that. Yeah, um, he may come along in a bit. I have sent a message to him, but yeah. we are a day late because things occurred yesterday and everybody got tied up. So we are back today. It is the final. It's the final episode, Paul, of the Prospect Project. Yeah, yeah. Before we even go into that, just uh, apologies, apologies about yesterday, folks. We know normally we do try and keep to our normal schedule between Tuesdays and Thursdays on the off season, but obviously under under a um, undue for circumstances, we've now pushed it to tonight. So, yes. um, so welcome. Welcome yeah. to a, a very rare episode on a Wednesday evening. So, yes, and as yeah. Mike just said there, it's the final episode of the Prospect series. Yes, which means next year we'll bring it back and go back to that. But it does mean we're getting ever so closer to the draft. Um, Absolutely. Absolutely. We are back into it next week uh, on Tuesday doing a um, seven-round mark. And we'll try and get a special guest in for that. And oh, yes. uh, yeah, although we are we are on back to back shows, which means as well tomorrow we have a special guest. It is if you are a regular listener to the show, I'll give you a clue: Triple H. <laughs> you, yeah. Oh yes, that should be fun. That should yes. be fun. <laughs> He is in the oh, there he is. He us there he is. Yeah. Sorry about that, folks. That's sorry, race, man. Race against time, hit every red light along the way to get home. So great fun. Okay. How are things? Yeah, good. We're just saying now that we're on to the very last um, episode of the Prospect Project. You, 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 literally, you literally just missed the introduction. That was it. So you're all good. Ah, you're, you're, you're all good, brother. Yeah. That's very good, very good altogether. So, how are we doing, gentlemen? How is how has the week been? Life is um, good. S- um, so far, it's been a wee bit. Well, my my day job has been a wee bit intense this week, but other than that, um, I'm just looking forward to the draft, pretty much, bro. Um, yeah. A, yeah. Nothing really Brian's much new to report. It. It's kind of, um, yeah. Like so, me and Meg, we've been doing our thing for the world's team and stuff like that. It's been going really well, and I've been asked to join on the blogging the boys on draft day as well. For, for oh, lovely! Things. So I will be jumping on our stream and jumping on theirs, and vice yeah. versa. We'll probably end up getting RJ to come on ours as well. So there's going to be a lot of crossing over back and forth. Yeah, so that'll be good. And 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 seeing as we are speaking of the coverage, do 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 we want to reveal to our fans what the what our actual coverage plans are for the draft day and for the weekend itself? That's a good question. Yeah. I mean, we could we all we we can divulge that on Tuesday. On Tuesday, Tuesday very good right. because we, can always, we do well, we, can we do have make, a lot lined up for everyone. Yeah, I mean, you can also mention it tomorrow as well for tomorrow's show, which is back yeah. to regular, regular schedule and stuff like that. So, um, yeah, so, so we've got a couple of comments in there already. No, we don't. Yeah, what we had, uh, it was me. <laughs> 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 um, but 
I mean, look, guys, we're, we're we're into single digits at this stage. So you know, before before we do 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 kind of a deep dive into the prospects tonight, you know, what are your own feelings for next Thursday night? Do you know? I mean, Jerry spoke about trading up at the weekend. Do you think it's a smoke screen? Smoke screen. Do you think it's going to be O line or wide receiver, or do you think it'll go another way? I really don't know, Brian. Here's the thing. I really have no what a, a, an absolute scooby doo what's going to happen on mm. day one. Like, yeah, it's, I, I do generally believe it depends how the board lines up. Really, yeah. like, see if the, like if there's an Kobe Dean there, there's a, a Wyatt there. I would not be surprised and I would not be mad if we did pick the best player available based on that situation. I would not, yeah. even if, even if, like, my only problem I will have is drafting wide receiver at 24 is because, mm-hmm. and I and I brought this point up with Meg on Sunday for the World's Team show, is that we just traded away our first rounder uh, caliber, Amari Cooper, who was not yep. getting as much um, targets what means to say we're going to draft a similar type of player at 24 mm. that to Cooper under the Kellen Moore scheme? And th- would that not be more or less a wasted draft pick where we can actually get a more slot guy, like, for example, Khalil Shakir, and the, the later rounds more the value for money, yeah. the, one, the one that's going to get more utilized more? So that's the only issue I will have for regards to. Mm. If we do go to right receiver, it's like, are we going to utilize him? Yeah, it'll yeah. be a star. Yeah, it'll be a star. But is he going to get enough targets? Yeah, I mean, if 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 you tease that wide receiver debate out a little bit, in that Cooper was a first round receiver, we took first round receiver two years ago, who's still on the team. We've given a big contract to a guy who's only going to play half of next season, so. I, I I'd be with you, Paul. I, I it might be a small pen throw depending on who it is, because you know, like when we covered the say the the top six wide receivers a few weeks back, there's players I would happily take if they're there, but mm. it it is a little bit of a luxury. But Mike, give us your own thoughts. Um, in terms of what Jerry said about um going up in a draft. Uh, I don't mm-hmm. think it's a smokescreen so much because he generally is not that type of person. What I yeah. think he's referring to is what he's going to do more specifically in day two. I think that yeah. day yeah. two is a place where he's going to go up. Yeah, I wouldn't. Yeah. I would not be mad at that. Like you maybe trade up back going back into the second round if there's or move up a couple of places in the second round and maybe mm-hmm. exchange like a next year FUD on top of that or something mm-hmm. like that. I wouldn't be mm-hmm. too mad, but I don't want to be giving up draft picks this year because as yeah. we kind of said, like this year's draft class has actually got a fair bit of good depth from multiple points of positions that we don't want to lose out on. So mm-hmm. and um, and potentially between one uh, round one and round three, essentially, those guys could be primarily starters end of the day, depending on who we draft. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think d- depending on what's there, it, you know, because what's there at the top of round two really depends on how um, out of position some players will get drafted in the first round, and then I think that will be then a moment where the Cowboys go. Okay, let's look yeah. into this. What's it going to cost us to go up? 
Yeah. So the, the the other thing I've been thinking about in the last couple of days is if we if we, if we remember twenty twenty, we were talking about taking a defensive end, and twenty twenty one we were we were hell bent on we were taking one of the two corners. Yeah. Like for me, I think we've already tipped our card in that we're looking at all line and wide receiver based on the thirty visits. Mm-hmm. And I have a feeling it's going to go another way, and we're going to end up with a Devon Lloyd or a defensive tackle. And I would not be mad at that. I would mm-hmm. not be yeah. mad. Like it's again, if it's someone that's going to help accommodate the help the defense for the future, going with that with the Dan Quinn idea, I'm all for mm-hmm. that. But at the same yeah. time, like if we're going into the we must, and this is a must within the draft. It's like second, third, fourth rounds. That's when we really need to get mm. bodies in for O line because we've not, yeah, like we've lost O linemen this year. Like mm-hmm. Lyle Collins is gone. Cor- uh, Corner Williams is off to Miami. Bon Voyage. Mm. Um, but I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I throw a little bit of shit there, but that's generally how I feel about it. But no, um, that's that's all good. That's all but, good. It's like we have to be fair, and yeah, I like I can park to. my Texas Longhorns hat on on this. You know, I, I I think he will do well wherever he is in the league. He's never going to be a superstar offensive lineman. Yeah. Mm. So so and and there is some good guys you can really get a good. Um, mm. They're not going to be blue chip, of course. That there will be some yeah. things they will need to work on, like maybe. And this is why for we're going. I can maybe talk about in the show for the prospects. It's like there could be things like upper body strength needs to improve. The footwork might need to improve. There's all those wee developmental parts when it comes to being an offensive yeah. lineman that are definitely needed. But the co- there's a lot of good core um, <laughs> fundamentals like hand placement, um, the ability to block and into pass rush, uh, kick steps, you name it. They are all there. It's just a matter of what other things they need to fine tune. So this is what we would be really good to kind of like to, like go over with these prospects we're ready to talk about. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And I mean, this this is why we kind of when, when myself and Mike were, were talking about this was how we were kind of planning it was that we were going to look at the day two kind of offensive linemen because there's a potential, and I I think the potential they're going to double dip on day two. For O line players and take a tackle and take it, take a guard. Yes. I, I I said this when Jeff Kavanaugh was on. I said, Yeah, is, is yeah, the, you asked him that, yeah, yeah, that's right. and he was like not sure about the idea. But then once you start looking into it and talking about it, you can talk yourself into it and go, Actually, that isn't a bad idea. <laughs> yeah, well, big shout out to Benny. What, how are you doing, yeah. my friend? Welcome, mm-hmm. DJ Dog. As always, here we are. How are we? Welcome, welcome, yeah. welcome. Welcome, welcome to a Wednesday show. Yeah, Wednesday, a Wednesday. Wednesday. Show. Yeah. You lucky um, people, you get us twice back to back. Yes, back to back. And and as we say, folks, you know, if you've comments, if you've thoughts, if you've ideas, do not be afraid to put them in. Otherwise, as we always say, we're three guys or four guys or five guys just talking amongst ourselves. So. You guys five are the most five. important people here. Oh, yeah, like, like, Mike right say, now, like, Mike. like Mike says, you guys are the MVPs. Yeah, yeah, MVPs. absolutely you are. So 
do not be afraid to interact with us. We will always pull up your comments. We might not get to them straight away because we, we, we have a certain flow planned for the show, but we will always try to come back to points and, and, and bring them up as we know we're going to discuss them. But look, I don't think there's any major Cowboys news for us to cover before before we dive in, is there? Yes, there's there one. is. So yeah. go ahead, Mike. It's about Brianna. That she's yeah, got the, I was uh, just about to say that. Yeah, yeah that, um, she's a, a good friend of ours. She was going to join us on the uh, draft day. Actually, on draft day, she was going to join us. But now that mm -hmm. she's got the uh, big gig in Tampa, um, we wish her good luck. And we hope that we speak to her again. We know that deep yeah. down, uh, she will always be a Cowboys at heart. Yeah, don't be a stranger, yeah. Brianna. Don't be a stranger. <laughs> I already, already spoke to her on that one. <laughs> Absolutely. As always, look, you know, people do do, do move on and, and and move up in life. And, you know, at the end of the day, she's got to pay the bills. It's, it's, a great, it's a great opportunity. So she yeah. just for people yeah. that don't know, Brianna uh, worked with Brian Broadus, worked her on a little uh, segment on YouTube. Mm -hmm. She's now been offered a, is it a host show broadcast? Staff, staff writer. Staff writer. Staff writer. Yeah. She's now an official staff writer for the Tampa Bay Buccaneers now. So we wish her all the best, all the love from the UK Cowboys. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah. We will speak to her again. No, Absolutely. 100% yeah. without a doubt. Um, Absolutely. but yeah, there we go. Oh, hello, oh the, other, so, the other news, the other news I wanted to say is that it's go. quite interesting as well that a lot of people are upset about the Amari Cooper being moved on and all the rest of it. Mm. And then Debo Samuel comes out all of a sudden today and goes, I want 30 million. And 49ers go, Nah, off he goes, he's off. The carousel continues. Mm -hmm. <sighs> It's, uh, you know what's happening. Like, well, the owners are going to, like we can. Do, do we know to speak about this, Mike? About the, the 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 cycle of how teams are going to process now. Is if a team, if a player's going to ask for too much, they're going to let them go and bring someone else in. That's yeah. what. That's the nature of it. So, I do not blame the Forty Nineers to say, um, well, okay then, um, uh, we will probably like because let's be honest, they might actually end up. Like trade them, trade them to I don't know as much as I'm just thinking of a pure weird scenario here. Yeah. I'm mm. thinking with unfortunately Philadelphia, they've got three first rounders. Yeah. That's right. Yeah. If he, if Debo was to go to Philadelphia and they're probably stupid enough to pay that stupid amount of money because they're a trash organization. Sorry, Philadelphia, but you are. So is your fans. But anyway, um, but um. But <laughs> but you get, get what I'm, the right place. Go on, carry you, on. Sorry, mate. But you get what I, but you kind of get where I'm yeah. kind of going at now. Is, whereas where San Francisco, they'd be like, okay, we've just got a first one draft pick. We might as well can we can actually probably get Chris Olave now as our good replacement. There you mm. go. We've got we've got him tied in for five years. So there you go in yeah. a rookie contract. So for them, it, and it'll just be more of that type of like keep the, keep the keep the train going type of thing. Yeah. Yeah, you know? and like me and you, we, we were speaking to Big Game James yeah. um, last week, and I posed the question, and I'll ask you, because I asked Paul, so I'll ask you, Brian, that yeah. I foresee, anyway, with the way the wide receiver talent is has been in the last few years and how it's predicting to look in the next few years, mm. um, 
that yeah. I can see a lot of wide receivers being taken in the first round only because one, they're getting expensive. <laughs> they they they're, yeah. they're climbing that way, and obviously these wide established wide receivers know this, which is why they're asking for big bucks. But you're going to see a lot more teams taking wide receivers in the first round. Mm-hmm. Not so much because of how talented they are, but because it gives you the fifth-year option. So that yeah. means it's another year you don't have to pay $30 million for a pass catcher. Yeah. Yeah. I, 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 would, I would fully agree and endorse that because, like, if you look around this league, there are stupid teams in this league who make stupid decisions every year and still who. end up with top 10 draft picks and someone will pay him 30 million and give up draft capital and the 49ers who i will freely say are a very well run organization mm-hmm. they have a great front office who draft particularly well will go okay we've lost Debo samuel let's get the next guy who can play in the wildcat who can do what Debo does in the third round and we'll ship we'll ship him on in a year or two's time and we'll get a good pick. Yeah. Because it's generally if you look at it, the well run organizations who draft well continue to draft well. The teams who draft badly continue to draft badly and try and chase it with draft with trading away draft picks. So you have to I think it's one of the things that I think the Cowboys don't get enough credit for is that they tend to balance that out a lot better it's than like most we're, teams. Yeah, we're we're seen to be like we're in the that free agency. Half, yeah, we're, yeah, we're in that like draft good, free agency bad. It's mm. like we don't have yeah. that we don't have that balance to to um protect ourselves going into mm. the draft. Yeah. It's like we're mm. now overcompensating to well yeah. not overcome that's probably the wrong word to use, but um, yeah, I know what you're we're, we're, we're more in a hectic environment going into yeah. this mm-hmm. draft. Like, well, for the first time in a long time, I think this is the, the most hectic I feel going into a draft. Like, yeah, so just that there's so many positions that are do require and need a lot of attention right now. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, I mean, there's there's very few positions if we were to look at it that we don't need a player. No, like <laughs> I would say. Quarterback safety? and running back are about. Maybe I would take a safety if there was a safety available. Depends. But, uh, yeah, but yeah. But knowing this organization, they won't. But for me, apart from quarterback and running back, I think you could draft anywhere else, and that player could be a day one starter. Yeah. It w- it w- again, it wouldn't surprise me if we do draft a quarterback in the late rounds. It's uh Mike McCarthy mm-hmm. thing, but whoever uh Will McClay and Jerry and Steven will look into that again. Um I don't know. I don't mm-hmm. know. Um yeah, DJ Dog just revealing the comment they are waiting to sign fee agents after yeah. the draft. That makes sense because that some teams might want to kind of like they've drafted a player in mm-hmm. they keep uh that what's the point of having this particular player release them? Makes sense. Yeah. You see it happen all the time. Yeah. Just right before, right, even right before the draft, some certain players you just unexpectedly see, oh crap, they've just been released. So, mm. and the three positions I can think immediately that they would probably look into free agency post draft would be running back, 
just so you've got a body there because what's happening yeah. with Shio Lua and all the rest of it yeah. gives you that third guy, mm -hmm. uh, camp body. Um, the next one I think would be linebacker because you've yeah. got someone Cox. Yeah, you need bodies. And the last one is cornerback only because of question marks with what happened last week with Kelvin Joseph. Yeah. 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 Yeah, absolutely. And look, we're not going to go into that at all. It's it's not worth discussing. Um, Tell there's something but, to talk about. There's nothing to talk yeah, about. Yeah, there, there is. But look, let's let's take a look at these guys that we that we've picked out for tonight. And Paul, I'm going to throw this straight over to you. Yeah, I'm going to let you to talk about your pet cat of this draft, your oh, Neville yes. Gallimore of 2022. Mm -hmm. So take it away. Tell us about Cole Strange, Chattanooga. And I'm just oh. going to say, I'm not going to interject at all. You talk Cole Strange, and then we'll move on. <laughs> Cole Strange, a Chattanooga. Majority played for offensive guard. Can play center. Has an IQ for being an offensive lineman. Um, you guys might think I'm a wee bit crazy, but I do see in terms of the intelligence where the Travis Frederick intelligence comes from in terms of reading the line within the defensive line where they're situated and being in the right position at the right time i think that is probably the most one of the best fundamentals you could ever ask for o-line you could probably question about is a upper body strength and stuff like that possibly maybe but he's never really had to um like I'm trying to find the right the right term, oh, that's better. <laughs> you're right yeah, I need to adjust my chair. <laughs> like he's never, he's never really had to. Um, oh god, what's the bloody terminology here? Um, he's never been in stretch. Is what you're trying to go? He's never over. Uh, he's never had to overcommit in terms of tatty and blocks or tatty or like in his assignment in terms of who to block. Like you know, when you like if you're an offensive lineman, you try to like get to the block really quick and you overcommit. Mm -hmm. Like yeah. the first step, not not he's very calculated when it comes to that. If you watch his film and watch his first step, he wants to see. He takes that we like that millisecond of a read, and and kind of readjust himself. So I, that's what I love about Cole right now. Mm. And look at and and the one thing I was really impressed about was his combine numbers, especially. He was probably one of the guys that really kind of stood out as well. Mm. Like, like thirty-one reps at bench press. Then again, I kind of conjured it myself. It's upper body strength. It just thirty one is actually pretty decent for a school that's not like within like the bigger schools. If you know what I mean? Yeah, so, yeah, yeah, okay, yeah. But uh, so vertical jump twenty eight, broad jump one twenty seven, cone drill seven point four four, twenty yard shuffle four point five, and his forty yard dash is five point zero three. Um, but uh, yeah, man, uh, the Pad level, high on off the snap and beyond. Uh, he's definitely made for zone. Definitely made for zone, and that's definitely I think that would some would definitely benefit our run game going uh -huh. forward. And that that's one thing that we flat is zone blocking, especially in the left guard center position, where there's been yeah. a lot of yeah. miscommunication in that way. So, yeah. I mean, I, I mean, how long have I got here on this? <laughs> well, I mean, like, you if you can... wanted to find him, <laughs> as long as you want. Yeah. I mean, you want to find a negative on him. 
I mean, there's some obvious ones, but yeah, well, one it, it, that doesn't get talked a lot about is he's already 24 years of age. Yeah, so yeah. like, yeah, so he is the older, uh, the older age out of the draft class for offensive mm. linemen, mm. but at the same time, I think that just now kind of comes to like, well, yeah, you, you know where I'm yeah. going with this. I'm just trying to really, yeah. like, I, I'm just excited. Like if we were to try and get, I tried to, I tried to get him on the world's team, but he's now like he did kind of respond. He sent me a follow back, and yeah. and, and he kind of responded saying, "Sorry, but my obligations are up to the neck." Like he's been obviously going on ESPN and interviews mm-hmm. and stuff yeah. like that, like for the upcoming for the draft. So unfortunately, we couldn't get him on the world's team show, unfortunately. Mm-hmm. But um, the only other thing I would say that he would need to improve on is. Uh, is his hands a little bit like they're not as powerful enough the hands are there in terms of placement but they're not powerful enough to jack someone up like in pass protection but when it comes to him moving his feet and going forward and pushing someone back that way oh yes that's a good positive to have so it's definitely you know you do look at it when you watch because I I mean I watched three games um, with Chattanooga to look at him and one thing yeah. you do notice is the leaner lower half, yes. which obviously means that he struggles to absorb the blows when they come into him. Mm. Yeah. That's the thing that I, I it, that does concern me with him. Because well, um, you feel he's a wee bit undersized. By just in the lower half, just in the lower half. If you look at yeah. him from the waist down, it looks a bit. Oh no! I, I would if it was me. If, if it was me, anything I would say it would be his upper half. To be honest with you, mm-hmm. like. But again, yeah. it's you, you. You see, there's there's a lot of offensive linemen that have the more skinnier looking, more athletic looking legs, and the more over look like Doctor Robotnik's of offensive <laughs> linemen out there. Yeah, yeah. You know what I mean? It's just down to physical appearance more than it. But as long as they can actually do the job, end of the day, and that's what we're seeing in the film, he can do a, a really good job. Will he be a good fit for the Cowboys? I would say so, especially when it comes to um, the type of schemes that Kellen Moore might want to do. Um, but he can play centre as well. He can do that. He had, did that at the Senior Bowl, I believe. Like he was taking snaps at that. Yeah. And and he was getting interviewed regards to his flexibility as well. So um, Chris there talking about Tyler Lindebaum at centre is my dream. If... It really depends, though, Chris. If he's there at 24 and there's no any really reliable best player available options other than centre, we might go there. But mm-hmm. it's it really is. We just need to see what happens with who's left at 24. Yeah. I, as, as the president of the Tyler Linderbaum hype train for about <laughs> yeah. a year, <laughs> I will say there's absolutely no chance he will be drafted by the Cowboys. They didn't bring him in for a 30 interview. Mm. They didn't talk to him at the combine. Yeah. They're not interested. That's the impression. Gen- I, gen- that's gen- all I've got too. Yeah. Generally, the first round pick has been interviewed and looked at extensively. Insane that though, Brian. CD Lamb, we never interviewed him. Yeah, yeah, yeah but they never expected to get CD Lamb. They didn't expect That's him true. to be there at seventeen. That's whereas true. Tyler Linderbaum, unless they expect him to go in the top ten, 
there is opportunities that he could be there. So why would they not have interviewed him? But look, let's let's go back to the Cole Strange talk because yeah. that's that's what we're trying to focus on because this is someone who you, you could potentially be looking at as as a day two guy. So yes. are you looking at him as 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 a centre? Are you looking at him as a guard? Primarily, and, uh, uh, oh sorry, Brian. Uh, primarily as a guard. I think you yeah. would be a good. I think you would be a good solution to the left guard position. But at the same time, it would still also give a uh, Taya Bayadish competition mm-hmm. to play at the centre yeah. role. So we might, and this is kind of goes back to what Mike's saying. We might double dip. We might go for Cole Strange, and might get another guard as well. Mm. There might be, a, there might be a preface. There might like. Uh, the scouting team might actually like Cole Strange in terms of what he can do at centre. He may not have all the experience at it, but he can certainly do it. But yeah, yeah. you know, well, let, let, let yeah. me set an example for you, or an, an example, an idea that uh, you know, a scenario, if you like. Let's say Linderbaum falls to you, and you think, yeah, all right, yeah, okay, this is a guy that we weren't expecting to fall to us. He was our 10th best player. He's there at 24 less taken. Like we were saying, Jerry's looking at this. This could be the thought process that he's going down, which he talked about going up in the draft. So then he goes, day two, and all of a sudden you've got, say, um, I don't know, Darren Kennard, um, Zion Johnson, perhaps. Oh, well. Yeah, do you know what I mean? Let's say those two guys are, are available at the start of day two. Jerry could be sitting there now thinking, here's a double dip where I could trade up here. I've just literally mm. fixed the offensive line with a, with a centre and an offensive guard. That's my centre and the left side of my line fixed. That's it. Yeah. I'm done. For the next mm. half century, I'm done. Half century? <laughs> half decade. <laughs> That's a great comment. That is a great comment, Chris. <laughs> like, we're... we're, we're, yeah. we're and, and not to kind of disguise from the again from the Coke Strange talk we've just seen there, but just giving um, a sort of example, you know. I yeah. know, but 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 I will say we don't have any more news regards to NFL London yet. We're still working on. We're still trying to dig in, in NFL UK to see if we can maybe get an ounce of certainty. There is, there is but none. there's but they're keeping their lips shut on that matter. It's radio silence. And by the way, just a shout out to UK Giants. Hello. <laughs> just then you know they're there, they're watching. Yeah, yep. Yeah. And, the and he's there. in the house, is he? Yeah. Uh, Samuel. Yeah. Because it, it it is a great thing that we do we do get on very well with the UK Giants and Andy and the guys over there. We've we we always have great banter back and forth. They're, nice guys. They're, they're they're guys who will take 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 a bit of abuse, but they're well able to dish it out as well. And it's never it's never in bad taste with them. So you know that's a really great thing to have. So. Anything else you want to add on on Cole Strange, Paul? Before we move along to to the next player, um, I will say moving up to the second level, especially for the run game, is a uh, good good plus. Like mm-hmm. getting, mobile. yeah, meeting up to the linebackers and yeah. stuff like that. Yeah, and um, if Cole Strange is picked in the second or third round, Paul, what is the reaction going to be from you, sir? Uh, it's going to be more than Neville, Neville Gallimore, put it that way. <laughs> back in two seconds, guys. Back in two seconds. All right, mate. Yeah. 
So, Mike, anything final from you on Coltrane before we move on to the next guy? Uh, like the, 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 the best thing people always say is, look, it's Chattanooga. Who does he play? But he did play an SEC team uh, in Kentucky and held his own. Did absolutely fine. So you've got examples that was actually of the best playing. team I saw. He was, but he was all right. He 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 did absolutely yeah. fine. There's no arguments yeah. to go against. Uh, Kentucky, yeah, uh, mm -hmm. good game. The rest of them, then you know, you're talking, um, you know, yeah. As I'm going through it, I'm I'm just going through notes on the games and. Yeah, um, and mm -hmm. the other thing as well is something I always say to you, Bright, is you want to see a year-on-year -year improvement. If you see that incline, that's great. That, that, that's ticking boxes beyond anything else because it shows you that mm -hmm. their game is improved. And with Cold Strange, you get that. From year-on-year-on-year, yeah. on year on year, it's gotten better and better and better. That's all yeah. I can add to that. No, that's brilliant. So, look... We have five five other guys that we're going that we're going to touch on tonight. So I mean, we've had Paul's pet cat. So I'm going to throw it over to you and give you your pet cat. Uh these so, guys. Yeah. Hmm. Hold on, then. Let me go back to the list of players. I will say the next guy for me on this one would probably be Tyler Smith. So do hmm. you want to talk Tyler Smith? Yeah, because for me, Tyler Smith is a guy who I wasn't really looking at mm -hmm. at any stage until probably six weeks ago. And <laughs> someone dropped dropped his name and said, this guy is a potential first rounder. And mm -hmm. suddenly everyone's going, yeah, yeah. Tyler Smith, Tyler Smith. And I'm still not convinced. Okay, why? About him. But... That's just me. I just um, I, I don't see a first round talent. I'm not even sure I see a second round talent. And maybe I just haven't looked at the right tape. But <laughs> you know, I I'm just uh -huh. not convinced. So try and convince me why this guy might be pick pick fifty six. Um. Okay. So first of all, go watch him against Memphis and against Navy. I know what you're going to say. Oh, well, yeah, blah, 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 whatever. But, again, going back to with the, the uh, Cold Strange talk, going from year to year improvement, you see that in Tyler Smith. Um, and if you was to turn around and you said, um, Evan Neal, Iki Aquanu, Tyler Smith, who led the FBS in pancake blocks, who do you think it would be? <laughs> I'm going to say Aquanu. Yeah, it's Tyler Smith. Mm. He he outbeat um, Evan Neal and Icky. Yeah. He's a powerful, powerful dude. And yeah. I, I'm, I will say there are limitations to his game, which we'll get to. But um, a big wide base, intelligent guy, um, mm -hmm. very smart. You know, very, very, very smart guy. Um, can adjust his feet uh, and can anticipate when things are coming because of his intelligence. And as a run blocker, you see it. He's got this nasty demeanor, um, killer instincts, if you like. Foot speed is all good there. So, 
you see that and you also see good trapping skills as well which for a guy his size is not something that you see um because if i just go through it he the guy is nearly six foot five and 324 pounds right so i give this to you nice. he's got an 83 inch wingspan huge 34 inch arms huge so just to put that, let me put that in comparison. If anyone knows the UFC, that's pr that's just short of UFC light heavyweight John Jones's arm yeah. span. Yeah, I mean yeah, it, heavyweight. It, it, oh. <laughs> yeah, and uh, you know you say three hundred twenty-four pound, ten yard split one seven one, forty yard dash five oh two. That's ninetieth percentile. So he can move. He has the power. Um, he didn't do a bench which i was kind of sad about because it'd be quite impressive to see what you get um but it's a guy who does have some limitations as i say um he can overextend and lose balance he does get that happening to him um like he's got this thing where you see he will get his hands inside and initiate contact and his feet will stop moving and then that's what causes him to get off it because it's like, don't stop moving, keep turning your feet, keep, keep going. Uh, and he does that. So it's more of a technique in his footwork once he gets to the block because he does everything else fine. Um, yeah. You could probably say he's getting off the snap. He needs to be a little bit crisper. Um, but yeah. they're all things that can come with um nfl coaching you know and and as you say mike look the guy has developed year on year yep. the numbers are trending the right way so with nfl coaching these you're not talking about fundamentals that are just totally broken you're yep. talking about things that with repetition with daily coaching an nfl level coaching can be improved and mm. and, and bring them the right way but i suppose the the big question is, are you looking at Tyler Smith as being a left guard or are you looking at him being a tackle? Tackle. I mean, he's literally only ever, okay. he's only ever played left tackle. So mm -hmm. that, that is where he's at. And when you look at the body type, he, he fits that profile. Um, you try and get him to play a guard, he's... Although he's got the power um, and the run blocking... Uh, technique and uh, a mentality to play guard. The body type doesn't fit. Um, so that that's the trouble. And you go through it, and you, you know this is a guy who purely played left tackle, uh, and you've got over eight hundred snaps and in his college career, and in his college career only two sacks. Okay. So I'm just I'm I'm seeing the comment here from DJ Dog, and I'm going to pull it up. So. But Tyler Smith reminds me a little bit of Eric Williams, the right mm. tackle from the 90s. Raw, but has yeah. the skills and the mean temperament, which yeah, you need. Perfect. And I mean, Eric Williams was a guy who came into the NFL and absolutely lit it all. Yeah. He was a big, mean dude. Yeah. And he, 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 That's what he didn't mind. Nasty. He's angry. Yeah, he didn't mind chasing guys and pushing them to the ground and following them to the ground. Mm -hmm. So if, if if we're getting a player like that, absolutely all day, sign me up. I'll, I'll, I'll take that guy. Yeah. I'm not sure if I'll take him at 24, though. I agree. But I, will, I, I have seen but will he last to 56? Yeah, I've seen... I, that's the thing. I don't think he will. 
Like it, in terms of second round offensive tackles, he's going to be one of the first to go. But um, I don't think he. he like, I've seen mock drafts where he's gone in the first. When you look at them, you can understand the reasons why. But um, for me, I feel that's that's overdrafting for Huntley. And also, if you're going to take Tyler Smith with your first pick at twenty four. Now you've got to think of try and think about your, your draft sequence because that's quite important. Mm. So now, like, because it's going to totally knock that whole sequence, especially for day yeah. two, out, out of killer because you've overdrafted the guy. Yeah. So I like him. Raw power. Um, mm. Foot technique is a big one. And that's why you see, you know, like the smaller, shiftier pass rushers getting around him is yeah. mainly because of his footwork. He has the power because once he gets hold of you, you're done. But it's getting there. Yeah. Yeah. And that's all I can add on that one. Very good. Paul, have you any thoughts on Tyler Smith before we move along or I mean me Mike's trying to more or less just <clears throat> excuse me just after demolishing my pizza there. Um uh, yeah Mike's just pretty much covered all of it like I didn't really have I like him it. up. I didn't really have him rated as high as this. To be honest, I thought he would have fit, like be in the region at fifty six. But he could be. Have, he could be. But the way how things are kind of like project, being projected, that he could be like one of the guys to be in the early of the second round. So I don't know. It depends, really, what what teams are looking at you after gap power because there you go are you after a zone blocking type guy well mm. then he's gonna he's gonna have to wait for a little bit and i got to agree with dg dog and that it's like you cannot have enough offensive linemen in regards to that. like the more in your squad the better who's the safer yeah. you are yeah, yeah. yeah. safer you are yeah yeah and like let's not forget how shallow our offensive depth line exactly. depth is like even if we double dip in this draft or triple dip which i would not be averse to <laughs> we still need to pick up guys as undrafted free agents because we need to camp bodies as much as mm -hmm. anything and guys who can fill in um on the practice squad because i think we have eight guys and that's it so mm -hmm. we don't have anyone deep that we can go right, we can stash this guy for a year or two. I think does Isaac Alicorn still count next season, or has I he think, been fully? No, I think he does. I think he still counts in the off season under the international yeah. um, player program. So he won't count on the roster then, but he will if you if carry him in. Yeah. Was yep. up too. Nope. <laughs> I just I was eating, so I didn't much didn't much all here and be chewing. Uh, well, I, I was no, I was actually heating, uh, hearing uh, eating um, noises there, but it's actually Arnie down here. <laughs> <laughs> it's all going on. Yeah, it's all going off. So, <laughs> so DJ Dog, who who has been jumping on the bandwagon for Tyler Smith, is just bringing up the comment there that he is raw. He's raw yeah. than Penning Cross or mm. Evan Neal. But you know, look, if he is there at fifty six, 
I would, I would have no problem with that card being handed in. I, I there would be no fake pen throws or anything like that from me. Um, mm. where, where am I looking? Tyler Smith. Like, yeah, I could I could go with it because I don't think mm. he's going to get you by the next pick again. No, yeah. he's not. It could, it, so, it, could, it could be the scenario. It may be a guy we might actually trade up for. Who knows? This is the thing with, the this, potentially. This is the thing where we're kind of talking about. If there's going to be a trade, and it, it likely will be the second or the third round. Yeah. But mm. I reckon, uh, I, if anything, I think it will be the second. But I, if if, if we're going to be trading something in the first, it's going to have to be a trade back or something, and get a mm. second round on top. If that makes sense, so could work. Could, that could work. Yeah. Yeah. It, it 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 depends on the value because I mean yeah. if you look for us to drop back two spots last year we only picked up one additional third rounder and that was from a division rival so it might not be you might not get a second rounder for trading back you might not even get a third rounder it, it, so, yeah, it, it just depends how many spots we go back yeah. really you know yeah like like what was the mock draft we did, Mike? We did with JTuck. Uh, we did the trade with Cincinnati at thirty-one, mm -hmm. and Zion was still there. Kenyon Green was still there, which was fine. Yeah. So we picked Zion. But on top of that, we got a second round and an additional sixth round. Yeah, I think it was a six. Yeah, it was a six yeah. round. So and all in the same year. So that would yeah. have been a nice wee, a nice wee trade. Uh, trade, sorry. I'm happy to trade back that far and get an additional second. And then you can use that to, if you want to trade up, you can trade up. Or you can sit there, take an offensive lineman there, and you get your pass rusher or wide receiver. Boom. Absolutely. With your first three picks, you've just solved every problem that we've got at the moment on the offense. Yeah. 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 So I'm, I'm, I'm just seeing the consensus rankings going through the bottom there, Mike, for the offensive lineman. And there's... There's guys on that list that I've seen, and I'm going, I wouldn't mind taking them in the second, and we're not even going to discuss them tonight. So that shows, yeah. look, this is a very, very deep class, because I saw Abram Lucas is, yeah. I think he, he yeah. was 18th or 19th. Yeah. Guy's an animal, absolute yeah. animal. And if he was to pick at 56, I would be off my chair. Yeah. <laughs> but look, the next guy we're going to move on to, um, so... We, this was a guy who we had a bit of a crush on earlier in the year, and then we went off. And when when myself and Mike were kind of going right, who are the six guys we're going to talk about at the weekend? I said maybe we take this guy off because we're not so keen on him. So we're talking about Daniel Falele out of Minnesota. So this is yeah, he's fell off the board. monstrous. Six yeah. foot seven, three hundred and sixty plus pound guy in Australia who yeah. is relatively new to American football. So Mike, you wanted to keep him yeah, on the list. It's a, so it's basically because he's one the biggest guy and he's intriguing. But like you say, you just literally like if you want to talk about what the problem is and why he's trending down, it is right, okay. Experience. Um, yeah, show me his um, lifespan of football so far. And you go, yeah, you only have to go back a couple of years. 
and that's it. And you go, hmm, and I'm going to have him on my NFL professional team to play. Now, the guy is a monster, complete anchor, right? Biggest guy in the draft, six foot eight, and like all the weight you can think of, right? But the problem with him is if you want to get around him, you can. That's the trouble. So his biggest issue is, like you say, you know, and Paul said it, is experience. The other one is when you drop. So first of all, you've got to think of Minnesota Golden Gophers, their style of play. Not much drop, not many drop backs. Um, so pass protection is fairly simple. Um, the issue with him is that he doesn't have that killer instinct in pass protection. And because he is so big, he'll set an anchor. So if you try and bull rush him or you try and get into him, the guy's not, you're not moving him. But the faster, smaller pass rushers get around him very easily. And that's why he's trending down because you can get around him fairly simply with good technique. And he hasn't got the experience to fall back on to go, hmm, how did I do this before? And there's your problems. And just another name I just want to bring up because you could nearly make a similar story for this guy is Bernhard Raymond, yeah, yeah. who yeah, is Austrian, and he's only yeah. been playing this game three or four years as well. Yeah. Like I agree, he is he's he's underrated by some. I've seen people mention him as a as a top fifteen pick. Nah. Yeah. I'm know. pretty sure. I'm, I'm just just to talk, I'm pretty sure he's actually had experience with one of the youth teams in the Austrian league as well, and he's like Chris, obviously with Austria, Germany. All those type of like countries that they do have like football over there. I think he has actually had playing experience there as well before going to college. Yeah. Like I I, I see Mark drafts of this guy going in the first round, like top 15 pit. And I I he's not. Trust me, he's just he's not that guy. Um what makes him look good, first of all, is um is that you know, we talk about this all the time, is competition level. He has played against hardly anyone. Um, yeah. So that that bumps everything up. He did face LSU, and he did flee, flee, did face um, Missouri. Both mm. of those games, they were okay. You know, you can go like, yeah, yeah, yeah all right. Um, they weren't amazing. Like, people are saying he's a day one left tackle start and i just don't i just totally disagree i, I just i it, he's got issues with size first of mm. all uh issues with arm length um needs to put on weight as well um there's just a there's so much that you can start adding to it mm. and bear in mind this is a guy like you say that he hasn't been playing football long and when he started yeah. playing football he was playing tight end yeah so you hasn't even been there, Paul. Yeah, I thought we were. I both of us were trying to do it at the same time. <laughs> yeah, and and this thing is, he's also he's also an older player uh, coming in. Yeah. So I yeah. think I think Raymond is twenty four. Is he possibly even twenty five? Nearly twenty five. Yeah. So by yeah, the so time the season he's, starts, he's, he's twenty five. Yeah. He's de he's definitely played ball in Austria for sure. He's definitely mm. if that's the case. Like so, like I I I would nearly bunch 
Raymond and Falele together. I didn't know Raymond is definitely is clearly the better player. Um and has yeah. played better competition. Well, no, it's hard to say that he's played better competition because Falele has been playing with the Big Ten team. But mm. it just looks more impressive. But to me, Falele coming out of the combine just and and what we've seen at the senior bowl, he's just a trash can full of dirt. Yeah. And you know, any 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 kind of movement, he's done. He's on toast. So anyone who jinks one way goes the other, he's done. He'll fall over. And you know, like to, to spend a premium pick, which you know, effectively your your first and second day picks are your premium picks. These are guys you're you're wanting to start from day one. Mm-hmm. I yeah. couldn't justify Falele anymore. And I mean, I did like him earlier in the season. Yeah, uh, just to give you, you know, you said you bunched them together. I've mm. got uh, Petit Fourier, Raymond, Danny and Falele all one after the other, and they're like offensive tackle seven, eight, and nine. Yeah. Um, going into the third round, basically, is yeah. where I've got them. Uh, and, you know, Raymond, he didn't have a bad combine. It, it, mm. That's fine. But yeah. my my issues with Raymond is that he he is like he looks like he plays yeah. like, and yeah. um, it's the experience level again, which is the same with Falele. Yeah. Um, and I I think DJ Dog sum, sums it up perfectly here is that Falele's combine numbers were were historically bad. Falele, yeah, Falele had less yeah. than twenty on the bench, hadn't he? 24 which is still bad like that's for an offensive tackle that's terrible yeah i mean you can you can argue as well the point that he has 30 nearly 36 inch arms so mm. that you, you have to take some back because of that because obviously you've got further to travel you know i don't need to explain yeah. the mechanics of it but yeah but still 24 it, when you think of like the size of what he is you know how big he is you want to see more than that but for me, it, it, the issue is the 32-inch arms on Raymond. That's the biggest, that, that's the scariest, because they're tiny. That's that's small. Yeah. Just, just, just on top of that, see, like, so, like, I'm just looking at his actual biography, historical biography on the Central Michigan website. Yeah. Back in 2018, when he was, like, so 2018, 2019, he was a tight end. Then back in, he's only played two years at O-Line, only two exactly. years. Right, mm. but, but he's on sixty pound for it too. Sixty yeah. sixty five pounds. Oh, sixty five. Okay. Yeah, like okay. that's wasn't that far off. <laughs> yeah, yeah so, well, 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 over over the over the course of um, four years. So twenty eighteen, yeah, yeah. he was two hundred forty. Uh, twenty nineteen, two hundred forty five. Twenty twenty, he was two hundred ninety. But in last season there, he bumped up an half fifteen pounds. So you were technically right from his last time being tight end to now it was sixty pounds. But overall, it's sixty five. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. I just, I, I just, I got too many, too many kinks with people thinking Raymond's a first round pick, and I'm just, I can pick that apart too easily. Yeah, and that, 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 that for me is the same. Like, I mean. I hate doing the PFF mock drafts because they're just so there's so little variation. You literally know who the guys you're gonna be gonna be there for you. I 
personally i tend to use the fan speak and pay for it because it's a bit more realistic and they do update it pretty regularly but yeah raymond i couldn't get on board with Philele. i couldn't get on board with if either of no. them were the pick yeah but the guy that i'm gonna move on to next is the guy that for me had to be discussed because i think this guy might be solution for us at left guard and i think he'll definitely be available to us at 56 and would prove the value it is darian canard of kentucky a six mm-hmm. foot five 322 projects as a left guard if we don't manage to get zion johnson or kenyon green Darian Kennard is the next best left guard, in my opinion. Yeah, and he's, got the, he's I, got the body profile of a guard. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And for me, I would consider trading up for him as well if we don't solve the left guard position in the first round, because mm-hmm. it, this is a guy who's played SEC teams and mm-hmm. has played well against SEC sec teams it's a premium conference so why would it not be the pick mm, okay if you want to go about what's wrong with him or in terms of mm. how he fits the cowboy scheme because if you're saying fitting cowboy scheme is that he's mm. a pure run blocker that really like that if you wanted to play him as guard you need to play him as guard in a a more of a gap power type role and the cowboys are trying to as you've seen last season they used the zone blocking scheme quite a lot that's not daniel canard's way issues with him though of course is that it's his hand usage so not so, so much in terms of the punch but that he gets his hands in. So what he's done in college at the moment is just basically bear hugged everybody. If you go and watch mm. it, you'll see what I mean. He, he doesn't. He doesn't have much te- technique with his hands. They get up late, so then what he ends up doing is just bear hugging guys and mauling them that way. And he is powerful. Mm-hmm. He, he's just like the talk that he's got, and he's throwing three hundred pound guys around like an empty tracksuit. I'll say it again. Uh, but he is throwing those guys around and you see it happening because he does have power. His technique is certainly as well in pass uh, tech. In his, his, his pass set technique, you, you do see. And it needs, there is none. So that's all. In some terms, some coaches will see that as a bonus because if you don't know how to do it at all, you've never been shown how to do any pass blocking. That means you've got no... Um, You've got no bad technique either. You know, you haven't got any bad habits because you've never been shown how to do it. So that's good. So it's from the ground up with him in terms of that. You're talking about Darren Kennard? Yes. Yeah. I think I, I don't know, but I, I've got a different opinion about that. No one. Like, he's got a bad habit of leaning in with his head when it comes to blocks. In past technique. And both. And engaging of a block in general, okay. like, and that could be an injury risk as well going forward mm. in years to come. And that's something that's really hard to untrain yourself not to do because it's just that instinct to kind of like come in with the head, like when you're engaging with a block. 
yeah, yeah. So, so yeah. in fact, I do have that written here. Ducks his head and gets too upright. Yeah. Yeah, mm. I've got that on my notes. Um, so, yeah, there is that side of it all. But it, it's more that you just... And I'm, I suppose that reiterates your point, Paul, that, he, you know, he's ducking his head, he's getting upright, which shows that he, he doesn't have technique. Uh, on pass protection, but uh, the rest of it, like he's physical, he's strong. Well, yeah, all the physical attributes with Dan, uh, Dan Kennard, mm-hmm. like is exactly what you want. But it's it's all about the fine tune. It's it's he's definitely well, and this is going to be a bad question. I don't think. Well, this is my personal opinion. I don't think Joe Philbin would be the right guy to teach Joe uh, Kennard anything right now i still think we should like i know i'm jumping into a whole different spiel here about mm. offensive line here but i don't think we are all in coach right now is going to make a big massive difference to his game right now yeah yeah I, and like you know you you go into the combine numbers uh, and straight away you go the, the the physical attributes are all crazy yeah they, they are but then you go into the testing and everything's just like substandard, you know, 10 yard split, 182. You go, uh, 40 yard, 531, all right, whatever. But his vert, he had a vert of 25, a broad of 99, and a three cone of 811. I'd, I'd take that. I'd take that at a heartbeat. Yeah. It's yeah. not great, though. It's not not when you, you, you're saying there's better options. I know you're saying you take that, but you're taking no, it more oh, no, on I'm, the... I mean, I was in the uh, DJ Dog's comments. Sorry. The comments. Oh, sorry, 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 sorry. My bad. Um, so, DJ Dog saying he'd, he'd take Linderbaum in the first, Pickens or Sky Moore in the second, and Jamari Salier, the guard out of Georgia in the third. Looks positive vibes. As you say, Salier, if Salier's there in the third, have we not actually addressed the issue in the guard position? That would be really good. Yeah, well, fine. And yeah. you know, like we like we were saying, you've just with your first three picks, you've fixed the offense. Yeah. 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 And and fix the war and a right receiver. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah. So yeah. there you are. Um, so plenty, plenty of good options around. And I mean, as I say, if we trebled it in the first three rounds if we went offensive tackle center guard in any combination or offensive tackle and two guards or two offensive tackles and the guards out of no problem with it i i wouldn't have a problem with it but i would still be concerned about getting uh, extra bodies for defense in terms of numbers mm. like that's yeah. my all that's my only thing and the problem is yeah. like i just wish we had me a draft picks for this year i really do like nine nine picks this year is not really mm. gonna cover some of the woes we've yeah. this year. But don't forget we went in with nine draft picks last year yeah. and still came out with eleven players. So That's true. It can happen. Mm. It can happen that we will pick up other draft picks along the way. And I mean DJ Dog is saying it here, taking edge in the fourth. I mean, I would have no problem. Sam Williams is there. If Sam Williams is there in the fourth, then yes, I would take him. (laughs) In in the fourth. Yes. I am not taking Sam Williams in the second. I don't care what anyone is saying. Thank you, Brian. Thank you. Anyone wanting Sam Williams in the second needs their head red. Yeah. That's that's my opinion. (laughs) That's tell lies. (laughs) But Anything else we want to say before we finish on Darian Kennard? I mean, 
as I say, I think if he if he was the pick at fifty six, I I would have no problem with it. He's a stone cold killer. That's the way to put it. Yeah, yeah, he is. Mm-hmm. Uh, that, that, uh, yeah. If you want to wrap it up in that way, he's just a, he's a killer. Just yeah. look at just looking at him. Just from a from a physical point of it, he he really does stand out. The yeah. same physical features as Tyra mm-hmm. Smith. Yeah, yeah, he, he really he, he does. Looks- he looks like uh, he looks like an offensive line, like an NFL offensive line. You know, he, no, he looks like an offensive tackle, one hundred percent. He's definitely yeah, yeah. not a guard. No, I, he, he would have to play guard in the NFL, hundred percent. Yeah, no, hundred percent. He's an interior guy. Yeah, I think so. But yeah, 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 hundred yeah, percent. There's no way he's he's playing offensive tackle. Yeah, I don't know. But, Depends on scheme. If you're gonna, yeah, if, you, if he goes I mean. to, a, if he goes yeah. to an NFL team that is playing a lot of gap power, a lot, then yeah, okay, yeah. you can put him. At, you can put him a tackle, and he, he will help you set the edge and overpower. You know, because if if you're playing a lot of gap power, then yeah, you don't really have to worry about edges coming round. You know, defensive end coming around the edge and attacking. You know, like an attacking defense, you don't have to worry too much. I just brought this uh, comment up for, from Joe, and this kind of backs up what you were kind of saying there, Brian, about mm. first three picks, even triple dip, or any O-line, or of uh, first three picks would be offense in general. Mm. That actually does kind of make sense, because it kind of goes back to uh, the, the coaching side of things. I think yeah. our offensive coaches would have a more harder job to do um Turning like, like not less talented, but players that need more work to get up to yeah. speed. Whereas Dan Quinn, he can just turn, turn a diamond in the rough and pretty much yeah. let him go go absolute crazy. So I find that's a great wee comment, and that just yeah. kind of backs up your point of view in that. Yeah, and I mean, the, like I think the thing to be to 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 be keeping an eye on is that most of last year's draft class was a defensive class. It was, and yeah. Chauncey Goldston, also Diggy Zoo, Quentin Bohanna, Jabril Cox. These guys are going to have come on from having one full season in the NFL. They've also had no change in defense coordinator, which, yeah. if you consider it, we've had four different coordinators in the last four seasons. Yeah. So these guys know the Dan Quinn system, they're not having to learn a new system which is ideal for us. And it could then allow us to drop drop Kellen Moore, three offensive line guys, or two offensive line guys and a wide receiver. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And that would that would be ideal for me. Yeah. No, I, I totally agree with you, Brian. Like I I, I just want our O line to kind of be fixed essentially. But yeah. I, I do like just from and I'm, I'm Still in the back of my mind, I'm just still worried about our coaching, the O line. Yeah, and like you do make a very fair point because if you look at it, is there any player on our offensive line that we can say has significantly improved under Joe Philbin? No, no, they haven't. I would, I would even go as far as to say Zach Martin and Tyron Smith have possibly regressed. Yeah, I, 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 yeah. 
I, I would say Sackman is probably just still borderline the same, slightly. Yeah. Biased, but but yeah. if but if anyone has improved, and yeah, they just they'll comment. Uh, just made the comment that yeah, Terence Steele. That's an exception. Yeah. That's a great exception. Yeah, I give you that. And I suppose to be fair to Terence Steele, Terence Steele came in with no expectations. That's like true. he was an undrafted guy. He's come in and look. Let's be honest, we said it all last season that, you know, um, Lyle Collins, he was undrafted, but he was a first-round talent. And, you know, Turnsteel has displaced him. I don't know about Bayadish, though. I don't know. I'm still... Again, Bayadish came in and Bayadish has only had Joe Philbin as his offensive line coach. And... I remember the class he was drafted in, The Tyler Bialish was at the start of that season. Tyler Bialish was a first-round pick. He was that season's Tyler Linderbaum. Mm. He was projected to go within the top 15 to 20 picks. Medicals and injuries dropped him further down the list. And that's why we ended up, we got him as a steal in the fourth. But to me, Tyler Lind- Tyler Biadish still hasn't nailed a spot, and that's why I would say if Tyler Linderbaum was there, I would take him. Mm, yeah, yeah, no, it's definitely fair. But yeah. it's it just I just saw uh, DJ Dog's comment there. Uh, yeah, mentioned yeah. I don't know if you, I don't know if you're referring to him. He's improved this year, DJ Dog, but you could say San Francisco game back in the playoffs there. Yeah, yeah, he was our he was our best O-lineman in that game. Yeah, he had yeah. a good solid end to the season, but I still kind of feel as though there's a lot of miscommunication from mm-hmm. him and a Lincoln with his other offensive linemen, like in terms of gap assignment. There's been clashes where O-line making the wrong blocks, like they're blocking each other, which unfortunately that was what the Giants were doing. But I don't know. Yeah. Um but to, but uh, but that he's just made a nice wee take here. Actually, hold on, let bring the comment. Yeah, there's a good discussion about the disconnect of Philbin and with the scouting department. McGovern fail has everyone take notice. Exactly. It, to be fair, Connor McGovern was a Mark Colombo pick. Yeah, well, that's true. Yeah. And yeah. I think McGovern's, uh, well, I don't know about you, mate, but I think it's kind of safe to say that McGovern's future is more or less he's just going to be an extra body within the O-line. I don't think he's going to be nope. anything in regards to starting row or anything like that. Nope. Like, effectively, if if he was going to start, they would have kept him in when they brought him in for Connor Williams, and they didn't. They went back to Connor Williams and released him. I think... Unless Connor McGovern becomes the best line lineman in the NFL in the next year, um, there's gonna he's 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 gone at the end of the 2022 season. And yeah, sorry, yeah, oh no, you bring it up, Brian, you bring it up. Yeah, Philbin's job is to develop, and th- this is the issue that we have been saying is that. Yeah. Joe Philbin hasn't really improved the offensive line. And the only reason he's still in the job is because he's a friend of Mike McCarthy's. He's a friend of this head coach. Well, there's that as well. And we still somehow managed, we still made the playoffs. But what more was that? Was that more down to 
the assistance of our defense keeping us in the game and all that type of stuff. Like, there's so, there's so many different factors. Like, I don't want to sound pure and negative about. Like, I still yeah. think last year was a good, much better improvement from an overall perspective from team. But I still think there's still some questions regards to the aggression of the offense, like in terms of technique. Yeah, yeah. Th- like I, I still say Dak. Yeah, he got a more productive year from his old line to a certain mm-hmm. certain perspective. But from when you're trying to do the run game, no, not necessarily. And I think that's the problem from a passing yeah. perspective. From from a pass pro perspective, it has improved. We've given Dak the opportunity to start like throwing the ball more. But mm. again. We can talk about Mark Cooper and all that again, but still, but you know what I'm going yeah. on. You're going on for a tangent here, but yeah. Um, but in terms of the run game, where we're now seeing less numbers and all mm. this stuff, and even still, like when you really do look from the overall perspective, run game wasn't actually that bad, but it's it has regressed. It has yeah. regressed, but the physicality, and that's the problem. We're not physical enough. We're not putting yeah. We're not putting defensive tackles on the back foot. We're at mm. that's my problem. We're not yeah. we, don't, we don't have that nastiness anymore where we had and, three three, four years ago. And that that seems to be a Kellen Moore issue or an offensive coordinator issue is that we've moved away from the run game. Mm. The run game is no longer our bread and butter, and Zeke is gonna truck it up, he's gonna run off his off off his a gap behind zach martin our offensive linemen seem to be create the space give that time in the pocket and let him distribute the ball it doesn't seem to be that let's have a guy who, who's rushing for 15 16 1700 yards a season anymore it just doesn't seem to be where they want to play Man, crazy. But Mike has re- has rejoined go. us. There we there go. We I'm in. Um, so we, we we haven't moved on without you, Mike. So we were just we were answering some of the questions from from people. But the next guy we want to talk about this is a guy who potentially we can pick up in in round three. And this is a guy who's played for five years at LSU. He's been a very productive starter. Can play both guard spots and can play as a tackle in a pinch mm. if needed you're not drafting him to be an offensive tackle in any way so ed ingram yes uh if i was to say ed ingram he's the opposite of daniel canard that canard struggles with the pass but good at, at run blocking where ed ingram's the other way around he's really mm. good like in terms of um guards he's one of the better pass protectors um and the, the, that he what he does and, and it's both his his positive and his negative to his game is his hands so that he gets a you, you go and watch it he's got a very powerful punch and he will land that punch perfectly which just stalls pass rushers especially mm-hmm. like you know like as uh, as they're going into their rep and a pass is about to break a move, they get stunned by this punch and just stalls their rush altogether. Really, yeah. the the other trouble with it is he does need to improve his hands because beyond the punch, once it, once he's he's stunned 
that the, the pass rusher and they've he stalled them. That's it. He doesn't his hands drop to his sides or whatever. Not that extreme. Mm. But he doesn't get their hands on them. Like what he needs is he needs to deliver that blow, then get his hands inside and get on them. But he doesn't. He, he delivers it and then he waits for them to do something else. And it's like, don't wait, get into them. Um, so it's more of a technique issue with his hands. But he is, for mm. me, Ed Ingram is a guard. Yeah, hundred percent. He's a guard. Yeah, you, you're 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 not looking at him anywhere other than guard. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And you know, you said five years starting experience. You go through his um, his career. You know, as a, as a guard as well. It's improved each year, and it, it's not improved. That would be a bad word to use. It's but been consistent. Consistent. Yeah. Uh, um. It never really improved year on year the way you wanted it to, but it never declined. Yeah, uh, and like, yeah, that's the that's how I would put it. For like, for a guy who is a four star recruit when he went to LSU, I think he's played as a four star recruit the whole way through, and is going into the NFL. And there's a reason. Look, I I would project him as being a third round pick. So yeah, it's it's yeah. just that he hasn't taken that next step. That's it's it's not a knock on him to say he hasn't, you know, developed. He he he, he has played to his his standard. Mm. Yeah, I, I you know you give him some because he's a high IQ guy as well. So yeah. you give him some some practice reps. You get him into a room with. NFL coaches, he will pick it up. He is that type of guy that will pick it up. But he's yeah. not a guy that you're you're gonna just basically drag out the draft and drop in and expect results. Yeah. He, he, he needs help, especially in the run game. Because as I say, yeah. it's the hand usage and in the run game, as Paul will tell you, you know, it's about feet and hands in the run game. Yeah. Get in, get in your feet set, wide base, getting your hands onto them and pushing keep, into keep, them. Keep, you want to get keep, into keep them. Moving. Yeah, and keep the feet moving. Yeah, mm. you need to yeah. be the you need to be the 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 more powerful train. Yeah, lower sense of gravity. Keep the foot feet moving. Stay up tight. Up hands up to hands face, inside. Hands inside. Head yeah. up against the feet. Up to the chest plate. And drive them. Get into them. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Drive them back. Get into them. Get into them. And yeah. that's the trouble with that is that you because the the. the because he's got this powerful punch, it knocks pass rushes off in pass sets. But like I say, he doesn't do anything that beyond that. So the trouble is, is yeah. in the run game, when he's trying to get his hands inside, they're a bit clumsy and um, he's still trying to figure mm. that out. And, yeah. you know, it was, it, and that was another thing as well is on the run game, his hands and his feet don't work. They look uncoordinated, like out of sync with each other. Mm hmm. But apart from that, you know, good start experience. You know, you're talking over two and a half thousand snaps at LSU. Um, yeah. He can move. National champion. Second, yeah, yeah, gets into the second level as well because um, he can move. Um, if you wanted to use him, you know, if you, you wanted to pull, so um, you want to pull him, pull him round onto the edge. Definitely pulling, pulling. Um, coming around and he's got the IQ to know when to do it too if he needs to do it off the cuff and you see it you, you know there, mm. there is if you go on YouTube and type it in you'll see him doing that um and he's well proportioned that's another thing too 
Yeah. Everything's all in proportion. So, Paul, any thoughts on Ed Ingram before we move on to the last guy? Nah, Mike's covered that over, I guess. <laughs> Good. So, the last guy we're going to talk about, this is this is a bit of a broadest pet cat, is Dylan Parham out of Memphis. I don't think, I think there's Dylan... any draft, any mock draft that a uh, broadest has seen or done himself. Uh, Dylan's actually in it, you know what I mean? <laughs> yeah. So, I think... If you're looking for someone who is nasty, and might correct me if I, I'm talking out of my backside when I say this, I think Dylan Parham was kicked off that LSU team, wasn't he? Oh, you could be right there. Was he moved yeah. off? Um, he was moved off LSU's team. I don't think he was kicked yeah. off. That he just didn't get a, 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 a role or a, a place. You could be right. Uh, hold on. I'm just. I'm. I'm. Just, I'm, 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 tr I'm trying to look it up at the same time. But if you want, if you want to give us the give us the the, the info on him and, and what to look out for in Dylan Parham, because again, this is this is a guy for round three. This isn't someone who yeah. you'd need to take by fifty six. Yeah. Um. So yeah. Yeah. I mean, he could play centre too. Um. But this is mm -hmm. a guy who's played linebacker and tight end. But just to give you an idea, the last two years. Uh, over uh, a thousand pass block snaps and only one sack in the last two years. Yeah. So that that just gives you an idea. But he, he is very quick, um, very fast, um, very flexible to a guy that when we were just talking, funnily enough, something I was trying to think about, but um, we were talking about in run block in the feet about keeping your feet moving he keeps his feet moving that is what yeah. he does do um yeah. i i would say that he for the cowboys would fit nicely as center as opposed to guard yeah but it doesn't mean to say that if you drafted him that's what you're going to do um yeah. i just think he's more more that way inclined because he's got the and if you just go and look at a picture if you just type in um, you know, if you just type in his name, Dylan Parham, and look at a photo of him, you'll see he looks narrow. He looks uh, like a thin-framed guy. And mm. straight away, you look at that and go, ooh. And when you say, he, oh, he played tight end before this, you go, ah, I can see that, you know, because you can yeah. see it in him. Um, so, obviously, that means it's easy to two-gap him. Um, he doesn't take up yeah. a huge um, chunk in, you know, a hole, if you like, which is why I'm saying for the Cowboys, he would fit more nicely as centre. Um, yeah. And then obviously that means that because he's got this smaller frame, when you watch him try to absorb contact, you can see he sometimes struggles with it. Um, on you know, like reach blocks, you will see yeah. him struggle completely on that. Yeah, he's he's just the notes that I pulled up on him is yeah that he's a developmental center that he's gonna he's gonna fit best into his own blocking run scheme. Yeah, hundred percent. So that's that's, yeah, saying, that's where you're gonna need him. Yeah, and that's what I'm saying. For me, I'm like I'm totally, um, I'm totally fine with the Cowboys if they took him. Mm. But I think in terms of like you say, the zone blocking scheme, um, slight frame. So for me, I already I'm thinking center because of like yeah. the, the he's six three three eleven. So yeah. you know, he might even be less than that. Actually, I think I've seen someone yeah, in did. a ninety nine. I've 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 seen a lot of people say that he's going to need time in a weight room. He's going to need time to put sand in his pants, yeah, yeah. and just as you say, absorb those blocks. Mm. Um, another name there that 
Yeah, another guy there that, that DJ Dog is bringing up, Zach Tom, center guard Zach offensive Tom, yeah. pass like, from Vanderbilt. I do, yeah. I'm, if, we, if, yeah. Say, like, if we've not really addressed the issue mm. uh, at the tap, like, like more so tackle position or whatever that on, like, on the second, yeah, it's definitely a day three guy. If he's there in the fourth, I would pull the mm. trigger on him easily. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, Zach Tom is a absolutely. guy again. Yeah, I, I, if if they did it, if if it, it, it helps you out a bit, you know, it helps you in yeah. whatever you're trying to decide to do. Yeah, I'm, I mean, I'm pretty sure he's played the majority of his career playing at offensive tackle, but yeah, it's, it's, like, it's like it's like DG Dogs just said, like he has so much flexibility when it comes to the line. So, but I don't know yeah. if he's played both sides, like play from the left side to right side, because that's a whole game changer in itself. Like playing, like if you're playing left tackle to right tackle, it's a different hip rotation, different. Mm-hmm. Like, like you're you're using more like it's, it's, think about like a boxer. You're asking yeah. a, a boxer to who's an orthodox to fight southpaw now. It's the exact yeah. same. Like the body mechanics are not the same. So, 11, yeah. like the only thing that is neutral is center. That's the only yeah. thing that's kind of neutral. So, yeah. so, you know, uh, 2020, 2019 combined for over a thousand snaps at right tackle, 2021, 858 snaps at left tackle. So he's done both quite a fair. Okay. Yeah. That's yeah. actually quite promising. So he could be a yeah. really good guide, like to, in case the worst case scenarios or whatever, not, he could he, he plug in yeah. the play type of guy for sure. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. And like, this is the thing that, like, myself and Mike have talked about this, and Paul, you, you've been having plenty of experience on the offensive line will know, like, the depth in this year's draft is, it's phenomenal. Like, as we say, Zach, Zach Tom, he's a great guy you could get later in the draft. Mm-hmm. Abram Lucas, we mentioned him earlier. Mm-hmm. There's Nick, Nicholas Pettyfier, we yeah. didn't even talk about him. There are so many guys Cade that you Mays. could get. Yeah, Cade Mays, Tennessee. I've seen him in the sixth round. You know? Yeah, yeah. So we can get guys all the way down the draft. But, you know, we look, we could do another three or four shows just on offensive line <laughs> if you wanted. But, I mean, it's, it's, as we say, it's single days to the draft show. So... Before before we get out of here tonight, guys, I'm gonna I'm gonna ask you a, a couple of questions, right? Because I don't think we're doing one of these next week. No. So, pick twenty four. I want to know who you want to be the pick, who you would be disappointed if the pick was, and thirdly, Mike, the question you asked everybody on last year's draft show. Who are you throwing a pizza party for? <laughs> right. Okay. So um, the answer to question uh, one, two, and four is all Kenyon Green. <laughs> <laughs> because um, that's me being an Aggie fan. But, you know, it fills a need. I think the Cowboys are doing it because when you connect the dots with everything, that's what it looks like. Pizza pie, of course. Because it's an Aggie, so yeah. Yeah. <laughs> what would I be disappointed if it who would was? be the pen throw? Hmm. I don't know who mine would be. <laughs> At twenty-four, 
go like say say it would be like a corner, like because they're worried about what's happened with um you know the cornerback situation with Kelvin Joseph. So like say yeah, you know, there's all those guys on the board, and then they go, but we need a corner and Kaya Elam's there from Florida. They take it, I'd yeah. be like, You gotta be kidding me. You know what I mean? You could take a corner <laughs> later in a draft. So maybe yeah. that or hmm, what would be another one? Like really after that, it's just the guys like I wouldn't be a quarterback, I wouldn't be happy with. Um... <laughs> Go on, Paul. Who are who who are your guys? And... Uh the guys I would like to pick. Yeah. So who you want to pick, who you think they'll pick, who you would throw a pen on the table for if they picked it, and who are you throwing a pizza party for? Okay, and so... folks, don't be afraid to let us know your opinions. DJ Dog has thrown in his his comments. Oh, I don't I don't like his first choice at all. <laughs> I, I was I was assuming wide receiver was gonna be who you throw the pen for. I'm <laughs> sorry, but I just don't I do not agree. At all, going for wide receiver <laughs> at 24. Sorry. I don't mind it. Uh, I'll go into why, because uh, I don't know if you might have... Uh, I kind of briefly spoke about it. Why, though, DJ Dog? But I'll tell you again, anyway. Um, but um, for 24, who I think I would like to have in terms of need is Zion Johnson, then followed by Kenyon Green. But if there's a best player available option, it uh, depends who's there. If there's a Wyatt there or a Kobe Dean there, then I would not be mad if that was the case because there's always good guys in the second round. Yeah. So, yeah. But any wide receiver at all at 24, <laughs> I just don't see the point because. So this is this is my my take on it, and I kind of spoke to like I said, I spoke to Meg, uh, Meg Murray on the World's Team podcast. Um, is it just traded the way Amari Cooper, a first round draft pick for us? Anyway, we traded the first round draft pick for him and traded him away for a fifth and whatever the 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 the, the, the crappy deal of what it is. But but the point is is that Cooper wasn't getting as much targets. So what means to say under the Kellen Moore offense, we draft this type of similar type of style of wide receiver comparison to Amari Cooper, is he going to get the exact same distribution? Yeah, you can make the argument because Michael Gallup is injured, yes, but I'm just like, you can still get a decent wide receiver who is going to contribute more in terms of his offensive style for Kellen Moore and the later in the Kalia Shakir from Boise State, which is some of the Kelly Moore's we're quite familiar of. That's where I'm kind of thinking in terms of that. But yeah. in terms Cedric of Wilson. exact, yeah, and Cedric Wilson as well. So uh, you were trying to say, but he's now obviously Wilson's gone as well. But um, but uh, yeah. So who? So what was he saying now? Regardless of our needs, who should pick cat draft? We'll yes. we'll we'll get to that that one now in a second. Can you define that for me? Because I use I. Don't know what you guys so your pet cat, cat is called strange oh yeah yeah mm. oh that yeah that's my pet cat that's my, but that's not a first round draft pick though yeah, yeah that's yeah. your pet cat yeah. is the guy out there later on in yeah. the draft so but like for me, yeah. my pet for me cat. Yeah. Words. that's the dream pick for mm. me and this if, yeah. if we are if we get him late in the, at 56 or better in the third 
But I don't see yeah. that. I don't see it happening in the front door. For me, it's yeah. Gilardi Woods. I, I, I it, crazy, <laughs> yeah. crazy athlete. So um, for me, I think pick twenty-four. I think they're going to take Kenyon Green. Yeah. Uh, if it was, or sorry, no, sorry. I would pick Kenyon Green. That is my pick. Who I think they're going to pick, and this is going to be controversial, and I think it's going to get both of you going a little bit. I think they're going to pick Derek Stingley Jr. It could happen. Uh, the cornerback. Yeah. Uh, again, me and Med actually spoke about this. Like, what if yeah. Stingley was to drop down to 24? Yeah. Um, again, it's one of those scenarios. It's like, do you yeah. pass up on that at 24? Yeah. Yeah. I can't. Be, I, I wouldn't be too mad at it if it's Stingley, but like yeah. Mike said, if it was the other guy, I'd be quite mad about it. Mm. Yeah, yeah. For for me, the pen throw is going to be, and again, I'd say this might be slightly controversial. Jordan Davis, mm. because I don't want a two down defensive tackle. Yeah, and I, then I, I want Wyatt instead. Yeah, I would have no problem taking Wyatt. And then, of course, I can't not throw Pete's party if this is the pick. If Tyler Linderbaum was the pick, I'm flying <laughs> to America and throwing a Pete's party. <laughs> I, I can't so not. Pick, so, so that's your pet cat? If he's been my pet cat for a year. Yeah, he's been his, right. his for You don't have a, a pet while. cat in the, mid, in, the, in the later rounds at all, no? Ah, uh, I suppose if Come I have to on, pet Ryan, cat later on, that. it's got to be Cameron Dicker. Yeah. Dicker the kicker. Ah, Going with the Texas my, boy. Out of my own Texas, I would have Cameron Dicker or punt god himself, Matt Ariaza. Mm. But Ariaza, I, I think, is out for the Cowboys now. Yes, I think, is, I think is. this is something we need to ask the, the comments uh, people viewing right now. What do you think, ladies and gentlemen, is the odds of us actually drafting a kicker or a punter in this year's draft? Kicker, like, yes. Give me a... a a percentage range, do you think it's going to be 25%, 50%? Well, well, light, light, 97% we are drafting a kicker. 88% on a kicker. 88%, I like that. Yeah. I like that, yeah. Mike. Yeah. <laughs> All right, so get, get the comments in, folks, so, so we can actually see how everyone would feel if we were to draft a kicker or yeah. possibly a partner. Yes. All right. And then we'll, while they get that in, should we wrap her up with the uh, Absolutely. Paying the bills let's pay the bills. Yes. yes. I will. Uh, if you, uh, do you want me to do it or are you doing it? Take it away, Mike. All right. Uh, Brian, so. you do the read. So if you are traveling to a game in 2022 to see our beloved Dallas Cowboys, Make sure and hit up the team over at www.cowboysexperience.com so Barry and the team will look after you like you are absolute royalty whilst you're in Dallas. We as a team here cannot speak highly enough of the guys. You will meet ex-players, you will meet current players, you might even meet some of the Jones family whilst you're there. So make sure and hit up Cowboys experience before you go and use the discount code UK Cowboys to get what, gentlemen? Free stuff. And don't forget to ask for chocolate pudding. That's right. That's right. It's all there for you. 
yeah so so just before we do finish off we're getting a couple of comments in so we just saw that joe saying 100 of the kicker mm-hmm. and finally dg dog saying the kicker from lsu with one of the fifth round picks i like in it York. I, 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 yeah, I, do, I, I would be happy with using one of the comp picks to take a kicker, which I think is something that they would do. Um, yeah. Yeah. Sure. But 100%. we will be back as well on tomorrow. Tuesday. Oh, tomorrow. Yeah, we're tomorrow. back tomorrow. Yes. It's it's Wednesday, isn't it? Man alive. I'm already yeah. in the shop. So, yeah, we're back tomorrow. We have a special guest with us as well. Again, um, it is the final. Uh, no, no, wait. It's the penultimate draft show before the one on tuesday and then we're we're straight into it we'll give you some more details about the draft day shows that are happening next week as well um we'll drop it probably tomorrow while heck was about and then um we'll take it from there so it is a good night for me gentlemen a pleasure as always it was an honor thank you very much brian as well for taking on the the host role of these prospect project shows. Absolutely. We'll have to do it again next year. For sure. Yep. <laughs> and guys, be sure to stay tuned for the trailer for, for our draft show. And here it is. Tamed. There's fire in my 